Hey friends, I am so, so excited to be here with you today and to talk about the goodness of God. This is one of the greatest topics I think that we cover each week in chronically cultivating and just talking about how good God is and how faithful he is. And I am super excited to introduce you to Ashley, who runs the Rooted and Strong ministry. And we're just going to talk all about God's goodness, his faithfulness, and how he is the God of the big things and the small things. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. So Ashley, thank you so much for being willing to come on the podcast today. I'm so excited to share your ministry. Oh, I'm so excited too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we actually, we had recorded this and then we lost the recording. So I'm so, so grateful that we were able to come back and talk today uh, because you just have the most wonderful ministry. I don't even remember how I found your account directly. I think it just kind of happened. And I was so connected to just the core of your ministry and what you were looking to do. And I would love for you to kind of share about your ministry. Sure. Well, um, I really appreciate that. I was trying to remember how we got connected earlier this morning too. And I just, I couldn't, I think it's just one of those random Instagram follows or, you know, however, but it's been fun getting to know you. So yeah, Rooted and Strong just kind of is something that I feel like God kind of formed in me and just kind of gave me the idea for really the journey of me becoming rooted in strong and then having the desire to encourage and equip other women to do the same. And so, I don't know, I just kind of took a a big leap of faith um, earlier this year, really, and just kind of went for it and I've been on Instagram a lot. That's usually where I'm I'm most active, but I also have a blog, rootedandstrong.com, where I'm trying to write more and be there a little bit more where I can really invest in longer writing and and some more encouraging there. So Rooted and Strong, it really came from that prayer in Ephesians um, that Paul prays in Ephesians chapter three. Um, And he's just, he's really, you know, he's praying to the Ephesian church to a group of believers. And in verse 17, he says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. That verse in particular, just really standing out for me. And those, you know, just thinking about the idea of being rooted, but not only rooted, also strong. And, um, you know, I think we all know how roots work with trees and in what they do, they, you know, they dig deep and, and really that's where, you know, all the nourishing uh, minerals and all the things that the tree needs to live, they get that through the roots. And so you have to be deeply rooted if you want to be a strong tree. And I like how in the Bible, so often somebody who is following Christ and has that strong relationship with him, they really are related to like a tree. You know, I think of Psalm chapter one. And, and so I don't know, I, I like the imagery there and the idea of being that rooted and strong tree. Well, and the Bible talks a lot about just the garden and yes. roots and planting and that is cultivating. Awesome. 
Yeah, and cultivating. And that is probably one of my favorite things to discuss, to look into, to study. I love to plant and do all of those things. And now that I'm trying to think through it, I wonder if that was almost something that like led to me finding your account about thinking like rooted and strong as in plants. And I remember I just assumed that you were a gardener and whatnot. And you were when we had talked, you were like, no, 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 that's not at all what I meant at all. But I I just think it's so cool that these scripture verses that were written so long ago, they are so applicable to things that we see now. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about his word. And I do think that's why he has so many examples for us about the garden and whatnot, because those are the things that haven't changed over time. Mm-hmm. Those are things that yeah. look the same today and they looked the same years and years and years ago. Yeah. Well, and really that was you know, the first assignment that God gave mankind was to cultivate, to work the land, to cultivate, to be gardeners, you know, and even though things may look different, like our, our job really isn't all that different. And one of the biggest places that we can cultivate and garden and grow things is in our own lives and our own hearts and what we choose to do with what we've been given. Yeah. And I also think of, you know, using what's in your hand. I know that we've seen that so many times in the Bible of, you know, Miriam had her tambourine and Moses had a stick for all intents and purposes. It really was a stick. And he, all the different ways that God has used these little things, he can use a rock. He can just use anything that we have in front of him. And a lot of the times things that are right in front of us, right in our hands, like the word of God or our phones to be able to go on Instagram, like all of those things matter. And I remember reaching out to you the first time and actually like messaging you because you had made a post about what God was showing you about, you know, small, not meaning insignificant and how those details matter. And all of a sudden I was just like, I have to get to know you. I have to get to know what you're doing because that is probably such a great truth that I definitely growing up did not hear often. I hear about all the big miracles. We hear about all the big things and yes, God is in all of those big things, but he is also just as present in the small things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Small doesn't mean insignificant. Like that phrase, I feel like is just burned on the inside of me. Something that God wanted to teach me, wanted me to kind of live my life by. And, you know, it may be years before I fully realize exactly why, but just that idea that, you know, we, especially in the social media world and the Pinterest world that we now live in, success and big things really is what is celebrated and you know like success has to look this way it has to be this amount of followers or it has to be this kind of home or you know making this amount of money it just seems like bigger is better and bigger is what we should be striving after but at the end of your life you can have all of those things but if your heart and your soul on the inside isn't healthy and if you hadn't spent the time cultivating and tending to your heart to the small things that God gave you Um, I just wonder, you know, is it all worth it? Was it worth it? (laughs) Small doesn't mean insignificant. I think you definitely would agree on this, but I definitely am able to look at the goodness of God in a different way when I look at the small things, because there are going to be seasons of your life where the big things aren't happening, or they're the big things that are hard, and they're not the things that we celebrate. They're hard seasons, they're lonely seasons. And I think that's one of the biggest things that God has taught me over the past almost 
I think 13 years now of just, you know, living the chronic illness life, there is still good in every single day. And we have to open our eyes to see it though, because if we're not looking for it, we're going to miss it. And I've made a point to, for, I think, I don't know, almost two years now, maybe just once a day, I write down a way that I saw him and it's in super little ways. Like Mm -hmm. what was that victory that day? What good Mm -hmm. thing did God still allow to happen that made that day, you know, not worthless if we want to think of it that way. And it doesn't have to be some big thing, but it's there. And that has just changed how I look at my life and I look at success and ultimately his goodness. Yeah, absolutely. I think learning to savor the small, to enjoy the moment, to see the beauty in the chaos, to, you know, all of those, there's so many phrases and so many creative ways to say it, but it really is a discipline. I don't think it comes naturally, but it is something that we have to learn how to do and cultivate and, you know, practice, like intentionally practice seeing the good, seeing God in my everyday. I haven't in a couple of months, but I used to be really better about keeping a list in my like journal or notebook of proclaim his goodness for the month of January, you know, and I would write out just all the little moments and all the things that I could remember, because I feel like it's, you know, when you, when you go through the tough times, it really builds your faith to be able to look back and say, oh, but look, God did this. And so I know that I can him because this is who God is. Yes, it may be difficult right now, but I trust who God always has been to me. And so I'm going to look for the good. I'm going to expect the good. And I don't know, I just think that you're right. It's a, it's a really important thing and is a discipline to learn and and cultivate in our lives. Well, it's, it's an obedience too, I think. And I think that comes from being in his word because we're, we're called to obedience in big ways and in small ways. And I think reading through the old Testament, one of the things that has jumped out at me the most every time is that he is so focused on the details and he wants us to be obedient every step of the way, not just saying, well, I'm going to be obedient in all this marriage stuff, but I'm not going to be obedient in how I take care of my body. Really that could apply to anything. Those are just the first two things that popped into my mind, but there is such an obedience there and it can be hard to do what he's called us to do. And he has called us to look for the good, to look for him, but it can be so easy for us to just say, well, I really don't want to be obedient in this way, but mm-hmm. there's no, like too small of a way to be obedient. Oh, absolutely. I think when we start smaller, I think when we start with the small obedient steps, it makes the bigger steps easier because we've built that foundation of trust. As you were talking, I was, I was thinking about Abraham. Abraham is fast fascinating to me. Just the fact that he comes out of such an ancient, ancient, almost Egyptian culture, you know, worshiping multiple gods and, and not knowing anything about God yet. God really had to start from the very beginning with Abraham. You know, he, he had to teach him how to trust him and how to follow him, you know? And so it wasn't like God promised him a son. God promised him many descendants, you know, and it took decades for that to come to pass. And he finally had the fulfillment of that promise in Isaac. God didn't ask Abraham to give up his son at the very beginning of their relationship. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't that foundation of trust, but over the years and over the decades of him waiting for that promise, essentially Abraham learned how to trust God. And so when God said, Hey, I want you to sacrifice your son, you know, like grab the wood 
and follow me up the mountain. Abraham's like, okay, God, I trust that you will provide. And really, in, in that particular part of the story, Abraham was one acknowledging that, God, I see you. You're the big God, the God of that has his hands in everything. But then also he's like, God, but I also know that you're here and you're close and you will provide in this moment for what I need. And what does God do? He provides a ram. He provides the sacrifice. You know, he had to go through that process of learning how to be obedient and how to trust God. Well, and what I think is also so interesting that didn't hit me until, I don't know, probably a couple of years ago about that story is you always hear he waited so long for a son. We see that. And then later on, it's like, I want you to sacrifice this. And sometimes it can be hard to envision what's going on or to say, how does this apply to my life? And what I think is so interesting is this was something that was prayed for that was just so diligently desired. And it finally happened. They had their son and things had been going good for a few years. And all of a sudden God's like, yeah, I want you to give that up because Mm -hmm. I feel like what sticks out to me about that story now is that anything can be an idol. Our children our relationships, anything can be an idol. And that was something where God was like, I want to know that I'm still first, that I am still there. And it can be so hard to say, Lord, you gave this to me. You answered my prayer, but now you're going to take it all away. You want me just to give it all up. And that is though what the Lord wants us to do. Mm -hmm. And in all of the big ways and the small ways. Absolutely. I was thinking of Psalm 37, 23, where it just says the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their lives. And I, I love that verse because it is so specific to let us know, like, we don't have to just assume from scripture that he cares about the details, even though we can see that clearly, like God wants to make sure that we don't miss it. And so again, he lets us know, even though the whole Bible shows us that he cares about everything and he wants to be first above all of it. He still makes sure that it's in front of our faces word for words that we don't miss it. Yes. I love that scripture too. You know, he cares about every detail of our lives. You know, it's so easy to think, oh, God's so big. He is almighty and and he's omniscient and, you know, powerful and so good, but he's close. You know, like he's so close that he cares about the struggles that I'm going through. He cares about the things that make me happy or the things that are difficult for me. I've been reading a book about prayer recently, and it's just been, it's been really, really enlightening and just encouraging for my prayer life. Cause let's be honest, sometimes, you know, our prayer lives can, can lack a little bit because I feel like it is one of those things that there's just less physicality around it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But anyways, he was just talking about those simple prayers of really the details of our life, you know, and you, and I think it's sometimes can be our tendency to feel like, oh, this is so me centered, like me, 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 me. But in the book, he was just encouraging, like, you have to start somewhere. God loves you. Just like, a just like I love my children. You know, I want to know what's bothering them. I want to know what makes them happy. I want to know their favorite color or are, are, is your favorite color still yellow? Or are we still like good on that? Okay. You know, like, I just, I just feel like God, God cares about those details. And I think that's just such a wonderful quality about him. For sure. And one of the things that I think of too, when you're saying that is 
as I've been reading through the Psalms, there's so much that David has to say. So mm-hmm. Lord, like there are details that ultimately he could have left out. He could have just gotten to the point or whatever we want to say there. But it was a conversation that he was actively having. And even going back to thinking about Abraham, how close did he have to be with the Lord to hear that so clearly? Because we know that that didn't just come out of the blue and Mm -hmm. to be able to not only hear, but be able to discern that that was what God was asking him to do. I mean, they had to be pretty close for that to happen. They had to be talking on the daily about things. And I just sometimes am just wondering, you know, what would happen if we were that intentional? I sometimes think of it as if whenever I want to go text my husband about something that's going on or a friend, there are times when I'm like, not all the time, but there are times that I'll stop and I'll just be like, hey, God, guess what? X, Y, Z just happened, (laughs) even though he knows. And then I'll text my husband or I'll text whatever. And it's not perfect, but it is that kind of reminder to say, yeah, I can't physically text God. I can't just, Mm -hmm. you know, call him up and say, hey, like, can you come over? I really want to tell you about this. But like, he's actively present and he wants to know all of those little things. Absolutely. The little itty bitty things, but it can be really hard to get there. Cause like you were saying, it's hard because it's not necessarily physical. And I know for myself, Mm -hmm. I am more likely to want to be in the word or be in a devotional rather than sitting down and just spending time in prayer, but that is our direct line of communication to the Lord. And of course that's going to be hard because the enemy does not want us doing that. He does not want us focusing on that. And recently um, on another episode, we really dug into this, but it is just that understanding that when we are obedient to coming to him and giving things to him and knowing that he delights in it and it's not a chore Mm -hmm. for him to listen, he Mm -hmm. wants to hear that. That is when I feel like we start being able to look at life through his goodness. Yeah. There's that quote. I think it, I don't have it in front of me. I think it's probably a, a Tozer quote, you know, that says, what we think about God is the most important thing about us, like how we view him. Because if we think God is the big guy upstairs, always angry, then we're not going to come to him when we're, when we're broken, when we're discouraged, you know, or, you know, if we think that we're just constantly disappointing him, then we're not going to go to him. So when we rightly understand that God is a God first and foremost of love. And, you know, Jesus tells us that, like he says in the book of John, you know, God, what were you doing before beginning the the foundation of the world? You were loving me as a father. Mm -hmm. And so God's foundational quality is love. So if we have that settled and if that's how we see God, then I think we would be more willing, more, I don't know, apt to come to him with our small and with whether good or bad, because he's a God of love and he loves us and He's, you're not going to be upset at us or he's not going to ask the, well, why did you do that? Or, you know, stuff like that. When it's like that with anything, if we're thinking about, we love somebody, we want to hear all the things we want to know what's going on. We want to just sit in silence with them sometimes because their presence is just enough. And that is love. And that comes from him. And if we don't know that he loves us and we don't open our hearts to being able to love him, we're not going to be able to gaze upon his face. We're not going to be able to do that because there's a disconnect. There's that 
heartstring attachment that we need. And, you know, something that I think also comes is that in this, you know, small doesn't mean insignificant. And we're thinking about that. We have to also remember that his grace no matter how small is never insignificant either. Because one of the things I know that you and I have talked about a bit is just, you know, how he is a God of love. He is a God of grace. Yet we're so quick to remind other people about that and not ourselves. Because if we're thinking, how do we actively live this out in our life? Well, we have to start somewhere. And a lot of the time that start is grace. Yeah. You know, when we were talking about that, we talked about the fact that tend to show people a lot of grace, let's say if they are just starting on the journey of working out and getting healthy. We're so encouraging. You got it. And a cheerleader attitude for people, for anybody really, you know, but we don't always have that same attitude when it comes to things like spiritual things. And specifically, I think the easiest way to talk about that is when it comes to like reading the word, studying the word. We show each other a lot less grace, but we tend to show ourselves especially a lot less grace when it comes to the discipline of reading the word, praying and and stuff like that. And so there can be that that kind of thoughts of, oh, I read the Bible yesterday, but I totally forgot today. And I'll just, I'll start it next week, you know, and just kind of like that, I already messed up. So why should I keep going attitude? But I think if we just had more of that grace, I think that we show ourselves less grace than I think Jesus does in this realm. Just show up. It doesn't matter. You missed yesterday. That's fine. Open it up again. Read one Psalm. Read one chapter, read less, you know, read read until something grabs you and encourages you that you can take with you throughout your day and chew on and pray about and just really get deep inside you. It doesn't have to be this long amount of time that we're sitting in front of the word and, you know, you missed yesterday, you missed tomorrow. That's okay. Just keep coming back. Yeah. And I think it's also that thought of it's not all or nothing because we can tend to get really caught up in saying like, oh, we're going to do all the things and we're going to make this work. And then a couple of weeks goes by and we realize that that is not attainable for our everyday life. And we see this happen. I know specifically the people talk about this all or nothing in a lot of different ways, but we tend to see that in new Christians, even when we're thinking about the parable of the seeds, you know, like when. And they're planted and they're on, I'm pretty sure it's rocky soil. I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure it's rocky where they start out, but they can't grow roots and they can't yep. stay firm. And so it just fizzles out. And I think sometimes we like to think, oh, well, that only applies to new Christians, but that does not. That applies to every single Christian because our mm-hmm. lives are ever changing. Things are, our seasons are going to be different. And we want to make sure that whether we have been loving Jesus for years and years, or we have just met him, that we remember that this is not an all or nothing thing. Some is better than none. And I think that's one of the things that your account does so well at encouraging encouraging me and I know others on a daily basis to just say, just do it, like just get started. Mm -hmm. And it can be Mm -hmm. easy to get caught up in thinking, but I don't have the perfect 
Instagram worthy devotional space. I don't have like the perfect timing or my dog is barking. Other, all these things are going on. Yeah. There are going to be a million reasons that are going to keep you from being in the word, just like there are going to be a million reasons to keep other habits in your life that aren't, you know, spiritually related. You're going to have problems keeping track of things. It is hard to live intentionally. Living intentionally takes work, but it is the consistency that matters. I really try hard to say, all right, even if today I was in a smaller devotional and I just didn't have it in me to like do a deep dive or a multi-translational study, getting in the word, speaking to him, having that time, whether it's five minutes or it's an hour, it matters. And I would rather say every morning, even if it's only 10 minutes, I want to be in the word of God. I would rather do something that day than nothing, because I do think though, our consistency matters. Absolutely. But it's a balance. And I was, I was actually thinking about this today. I don't know if you do, but I used to, a few years ago, I got wrapped up in the highlighting methods of studying your Bible, you know, like the different colors. And I was thinking about this today because I'm reading in my Bible in Philippians, and this is one of the books that I was doing that. So my, my Bible is covered in different colors of highlighter and pen. And I, to this day, like now, I don't know what those different colors mean. You know, like I haven't followed through with that system, but because I got so wrapped up in like, oh, am I doing it right? Am I, is this, is this the right category? Is it, did I do that the right color? Is this a promise of God or is this more like an encouraging thing? Is this a prayer? Should I highlight it? This color, you know, so I was wrapped up in highlighting my Bible, the right color, according to this highlighting method that I found on Pinterest or some other Instagram account. And the thing was what I was reading wasn't getting in me, you know, like I wasn't living what I was reading. So it's more important to live out what we read than to read a whole book of the Bible in one sitting. If you just read a portion of a chapter and there's something in there that you can hold on to and say, okay, how can I live that out today? How can I love my neighbor? How can I take these words that I just learned about uh, the tabernacle or the priests and how does this apply to my life? How can I what I've learned and, and use it so that the word transforms me so that I'm, I'm starting to walk more like Jesus. Because that's the goal. The goal isn't to have a hide Bible. The goal is to have a life that lives out the word of God. Well, that's because God wants our hearts. He doesn't want check marks. I think it's really easy to get caught up in wanting to check that box. And I know for quite some time, that was a, that was a goal for me. And I used to look at that and I was way more focused on being like, oh, I have to make sure that I read today, but not because I wanted to be in the word of God or because I wanted to listen. It was that same thing. It was just like you were talking about the highlighter. It wasn't what God had called you to do in that moment. And who knows, maybe you'll go back to highlighting eventually and you'll you have a way that you want to do things, but it will, because that's what God put on your heart to do. And we can get so caught up in that because it is, it is hard. And I know even now just with where I'm at disease progression wise, my days look different every day. I have to wake up and say, all right, Lord, like how, how am I feeling today? What is today going to hold? Can I do all the things that I want to do? And I've started giving myself grace and the flexibility of saying, okay, well, maybe I do want to do some like dive deep study that day, or I just want to do my write the word journal and I want to just do a small bit. And that's all that I can do. Neither of those are better than the other. If they're what God is asking 
do and your presence. So I think we both would encourage anyone who is listening to not focus on necessarily the how you're spending time Mm -hmm. in the word, but the why that you're Mm -hmm. in the word for. Yeah. Yeah. He's looking at our heart. He wants our heart. He doesn't want our asks and our to-dos and our, like you said, our box, all our boxes checked. He is more concerned about the unseen. Yeah. And I think one of the ways that we would love to encourage you, you know, besides just saying practically to just get started and keep going and it doesn't matter how small, know that your consistency matters and, you know, start, start small, start by sharing the little things with him, whether even if you have to have a reminder on your phone at the end of the day to say, Hey, recount your day with the Lord. It's okay. If you need that reminder, I need reminders He knows Mm -hmm, that I am a very forgetful person and it is, it doesn't make me less of a Christian or my communication less with God because I need to be reminded. We all have to start somewhere. I love the fact that kind of like what we said early, earlier, God's not asking for all or nothing right away, you know? (laughs) And like the beautiful thing about our relationship with him is that as we take a step, he takes a step and he's, you know, he's going to lead us, you know, maybe, maybe it's to start with our Bible reading and make that a a habit, make that something that um, not only you just do, but something that you learn to love to do. And then, and then build on that. Maybe I want to pray. I want to spend 10 minutes a day, like intentionally praying with God, start with five minutes, you know, add that on after you read your Bible and it's, it's, you don't have to start it all at the same time. And it's, it's a progression. You know, I love that God helps us in that. And, and I think that not, I think I know that he leads us by the spirit to know what those next things are. So we do what we know to do until we know to do something else. For sure. I mean, there, there are days when getting in the word is hard and I just don't want to. And it's just that feeling. And then you're battling like, I should never feel this way, but there, there are days that that's going to happen and that's going to happen with any relationships. Relationships are hard. Intentional living is hard. There's no way around it, but the decision to say, I do want to be with the Lord should be the easy part. And yeah, Mm -hmm. the how and getting there may be hard some days, but it is what you were saying. It's not that all or nothing. It's saying, okay, Lord, this is what I've got. And without a doubt, know that you will find that he will meet you right where you're at. And Mm -hmm. what once felt like a chore is going to feel nothing like that. Absolutely. He grew closer to us as we grow closer to him. And he's so faithful in that. And something that I would also encourage um, others to do is track the ways that he's good, track the ways that he's been faithful, big ways, small ways, because when we see the good in front of us and we're looking for it, that changes everything. But if we're not looking for it, it is definitely a lot harder to see it. Absolutely. Keeping your focus on him. Yeah. And Ashley, I'm so grateful that you were able to come on here today. And friends, I would encourage you to check out her account. It's Rooted and Strong. Um, and right there are periods in between the rooted and the yes. and, right. Um, rooted dot and dot strong. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And what I love that you do on your account is you are constantly encouraging us to check in 
on how has he been good? And it's just that great reminder because again, reminders does not make anyone less than. We all need reminders to focus on the good because this life is really hard. And so if you are looking for an account to challenge you to go deeper, I just cannot recommend all of the things that you're doing with Rooted and Strong because they are so, so helpful. I appreciate that. I really do. And thank you so much for having me on and just chatting with me about God and and his goodness and his word. And there really is very little that I enjoy more. (laughs) I know that sounds kind of funny, but it's really true. And um, I just have had such a great time. Yeah. Well, we encourage you to dive in, to get started and to stay obedient because the little things that we do matter. And we know that little by little adds up. Friends, as our time here comes to an end, I want you to know that the resources don't stop here. At livingthechronicillnesslife.com, you can find blog posts, videos, the Grace and Goals interactive resource library, free downloads, and even these episodes right here to help you continue cultivating an intentional life right where you are, no matter how uncertain the season. Whether you're working to build an intentional life with your daily habits, planting a garden, setting goals, or simply resting well, you can cultivate an intentional life. Head to livingthechronicillnesslife.com to access all of these resources, and I'll see you next week.